Let the great experiment begin! Do it. Authorian alert. Well, hello, James Lipton. <laughs> the biggest bass you've caught. Heart attack never stops. Old Big Bear. Old Bear. He likes the honey. I'm going to approach this as if, like, I know more about the characters just based on everything, but I'm just judging them based on this episode alone. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, like, I'm gonna... applying their their counterpart based on this episode alone, not them as a character as a whole. Okay. I think that's fair because I... Because you don't have any context, so... No. Let me gather myself here. I'm really high. Yeah. <laughs> <Really high. laughs> okay, I'm gonna try to. Oh, I gotta hit the bowl again. No, I don't. Um, I'm really big. You should get though. a glass of water or something. I had a pop, but I drank it all really fast. <laughs> pop! Oh my gosh, you're s- soda. Soda pop. Is that what you call it? What do you call it? I call it soda. Just soda. Yeah. No wonder you like fucking Sex and the City. You're like a uppity Upper East Sider. Oh, shut up. Soda. <laughs> Who the fuck calls it soda? That's so weak. Soda doesn't go hard. Normal. No, no pop. Nor- pop goes hard. That's in your face. It's like bang. Pop. Pop. You sound so like... Uh, Minnesota. Western. Yeah. You sound like a when Fargo I say pop, character when you say soda pop. I don't say soda pop. I say pop. Okay. Well, pop. 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 Um, okay, so yeah, I guess, I don't know, since we're recording, we can kind of get into this here. Um, yeah. So I'm Tom. You know me from the feed here, uh, Clonecast, Tom. Um, but I have a friend with me today. We're going to do a little bonus episode. I mentioned doing bonus episodes recently on a podcast, on the normal podcast, so I'm at, uh, we're going to be doing some bonus episodes, and one of the bonus episodes I'm going to be occasionally doing here is with my friend Tressa. Hi, Tressa. How are you? Hi. I'm good, Tom. How are you? Not too bad. I'm a little high, but I think I already mentioned that, and we'll probably just use the whole thing that we just recorded. But um, great. I'm doing great. I'm doing good. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah, so Tressa and I have known each other for a while. I guess, like, what should we... I don't know. Like, you don't have any context as far as Star Wars go. Tressa's not, like, a Star Wars fan, so she's coming into watching these episodes kind of with literally knowing next to nothing about these characters. Well, how much do you know? uh, Well, Star Wars is just, like, in the zeitgeist, so I know who, like, Darth Vader is. I know that... Luke is his son, and he uh, bangs his sister or something. I know that Hayden Christensen is really hot, and I know that um, <laughs> that's about it. Oh, R2-D2, short guy. Short. Well, it's a robot. Yeah, but he's he's short. He's shorter than yeah. everybody else. Did you know there was actually, when they filmed it, there was a little short guy in there? Oh, that's so freaking cute. His name's Kenny Baker. You should look him up. <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah, no, he actually hung out in an R2. Like, they put him in there and he, like, hit buttons or something. I don't know. 
Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's not just like, it's not like they're just pushing around these empty bones. There was somebody in there. Well, that's the kind of things I want to learn. I want to find out <laughs> okay. all the lore about Star Wars. Yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't watch live action. So we watched the Clone Wars. Voyage of Temptation is the episode that we are focusing on today. And the, the interesting twist that we're going to do is we are going to take the characters in Voyage of Temptation, which is season two episode, I don't know. What is it? Episode something. Somebody else. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's the famed Voyage of Temptation episode. Um, but we are going to mix things up and we are going to compare them to Sex and the City characters. Now to clarify, <laughs> it is Sex and the City, not Sex in the City, which is... Correct. Do you think that that is also in the zeitgeist of people just calling it sex in the city? Don't you think? Like it's just like yeah. this. It's there's a phenomenon of like half the people say sex and the city, and then the other half, mm-hmm. pe- other half people say sex in the city. Real heads know it's sex and the city because the main character Carrie Bradshaw that was the name of her um, article because she was a yeah. journalist and she had a column, a weekly column. And it was called Sex and the City. Yeah. And so um, now she's like uh, a blogger these days. Like the interesting <laughs> thing about Sex and the City <clears throat> is that like there's four main characters and it's this group of friends. There's Carrie, the blogger or whatever, right? Let's say it's companionship. How do you sustain a relationship without the Zazazoo? The what? You know, that butterflies in your stomach thing that happens when you not only love the person, but you gotta have them. Carrie yes. Bradshaw, the, the blogger, um, she likes to shop, right? <laughs> yeah, then, she likes designer everything. Very yeah, expensive. Louis taste. Vuitton and Jimmy Choo's, right? Yeah, Louis Vuitton. I thought and it was Jimmy Louis Vuitton. Vuitton. <laughs> No, it's LV. Like, you know how the bags have LV on them? Louis Vuitton. But who is Louis? Christian Louis Vuitton. Louis Blonde. What's the one? Christian Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton. You know what I'm talking about? Like Louis Vuitton shoes. Yeah. Red Yeah, 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 yeah. So you got got it now? Did I get it right? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Good job. I'm really high. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then, okay, so that's the main characters. She's uh, Carrie Bradshaw, the blogger that likes shoes and shopping. Yes. Um, Then there's her three best friends. She does like sex, but not as much. It's not like there's a character that likes sex more. Therefore, I apply the sex to that character. I think that's fair. Because that's like that character's like main character trait, right? (laughs) Yeah, and I think... um, Carrie also uh, is pretty, for being a sex blogger, she's pretty boring and traditional. Like she's, um, she has a bi boyfriend at one point and breaks up with him because he's bi. What? She like, yes. Like she's well, kind of problematic anti-sex. now. Yeah. Very Carrie's anti sex. So uh, Carrie. Anti- so Carrie's like a weird hybrid conservative where like she. In out in the streets, very progressive, but in the sheets, very conservative and traditional. Yeah, I would say she's probably a pick me. So whatever she thinks, um, the current guy she's with, 
what his views are, probably she would adopt those. Okay. So like she's like one of those women that was a never trumper and then like a year into his first in well his only term whatever a year into his presidency she starts dating a guy who's like yeah i vote i don't like trump but i voted for him because of this this and this and like two years later he's dumped her but she is now like a uh you know full QAnon. uh yeah, I'd say that's fair. If QAnon ha- was more glamorous, I think yes. But it's okay. whatever is perceived as the yeah. But coolest. if she was like, if she was like a never Trumper and she dated a pilled guy, she'd turn pilled just because of oh, the abs- guy. Absolutely. And then he dumps her. She's totally pilled. But then she meets a super lib dude, and she's got like a Biden Harris sticker on her bags. <laughs> Yeah, like okay. she traded in her bedazzled Make America Great Again hat for um, a I'm riding with Biden bumper sticker. Okay, and and she also like posted herself destroying it on Instagram Live. Like, I can't believe I ever supported this. I'm sorry for being so pigheaded. And she's like cutting up her fucking Make America Great Again memorabilia as some sort of strange like ceremony. Would she do that? No, I think that she probably is kind of like Lena Dunham in the way that she's probably having to apologize all the time for being um, just kind of privileged and not realizing it. Okay. But not like she's not like having a manic episode and going live. No. Okay. But she definitely is the type that um, like acts like the victim when somebody like Trump is elected but yes. doesn't realize like you are going to be your day-to-day life is not going to change as a like rich white woman basically oh right? yeah absolutely and she doesn't wreck she doesn't have the self-awareness that like there's people that are actually being affected by this so she but she still wants to play the victim in some sort of way so like she acts like him getting elected is the end of her life yes like she was very anti-trump when the time's up movement was going on but then when it came to um melania's christmas trees she was like maybe i kind of like trump yeah okay she likes the christmas trees okay I think we've talked about Carrie enough trying to define yes. who she is. <laughs> she's a pick me. Yeah, she's a pick me. I like that. I didn't know that that was a thing. Is that on Urban Dictionary? Where we, where did I find information on the pick me? <laughs> on TikTok, I'm sure you can find a lot of videos Just and probably on Urban Dictionary. Yep. It's a that's a type of woman. It is, yes. Okay. I the thing I really like about Sex and City, we'll talk about the other three characters here in a moment. Like it's literally like for 1999, this was the four types of women. Like there was, there was only four types of women in 1999. Yes. <laughs> and like they're all white and they all make six figures at least. Like that's who they are. That's the only type of women that would ever be recognized in like the media in 1999. Isn't it? Um. I swear yes. to God, like, like, I just think about, like, even, like, friends, like, yeah, like, they're all, like, these struggling 27 Look at their fucking apartment. Like, what the fuck? The only one that realistically could probably have that lifestyle, well, two of them, maybe, 
is Samantha owns her own PR firm and we'll get to her. And then Miranda is a lawyer. So I think lawyers probably depending, I think it sounds like she's in like corporate law or something. So she probably so carries money. Carrie is kind of like a more like upper middle class. Um, yes. In the show, but she only writes one column a week. So, so I'm she not doesn't... sure. I don't. <laughs> How the fuck does that? She's just making a killing writing one column a week. Yeah, it was the '90s, and it was a sex column. So I guess. And she's one of the four types of women, so she just fit into society really well, right? Yes. Okay, man, the '90s were weird. Okay, well, let's get to the second type of woman, and that would be an uppity conservative woman who's an art dealer by the name of Charlotte York. I'm seeing someone, sort of. You're in a sort of relationship? It's ridiculous. He's so not my type. Is he heterosexual? Yes. But he's bald and and short. And he talks with his mouth full. And I don't even want to be seen in public with him. And I hate his name, Harry, because he is everywhere but his head. Wow. Is the sex bad, too? It's the best sex of my life. Yes. So Charlotte, um, very prim and proper right mm-hmm. can you give us oh, a charlotte absolutely. breakdown or uh, i don't know that's all i remember for some context i did watch through sex in the city with an ex-girlfriend <laughs> like 10 years ago so it's okay. been a while but i still know the character traits but is there anything with charlotte that people should know about here um she's kind of like a horse girl i would say like if we were to sum her up in like generalized terms she's horse girl uh yeah, horse girl. So it's like she's, but she's city horse girl. So she lives in a nice part of the city with her rich parents, but mm-hmm. they drive out, uh, you know, like an hour out of the city to go ride the horses every weekend. That's that they yes. pay to be stabled, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And taken care of by these, the horse companies, <laughs> right? How many horse companies mm-hmm. are there? So many horse companies. Okay. <laughs> so is Charlotte currently rich? Like on her own here, like season one of Sex and the City of Charlotte, rich? Or is she a struggling I, art dealer? <laughs> no, I would say she probably comes from money. That's another part of her storyline is later on she marries a doctor and then chooses not to work. I don't think she ever goes back to work after that. She just kind of okay. continues to marry rich men. One, one, one other thing about Charlotte before we move on to Samantha who's very fun to talk about. Um, Is Charlotte the, like, um, is the modern-day equivalent of Charlotte York, Abby Shapiro? Oh, yes. But uh, not not Jewish. Not Jewish. Okay. Uh, um, Not not Jewish by blood. She converts to Judaism. Oh, what? She marries her second husband. So yeah. she is like basically Abby Shapiro, only she converted to Judaism. Yeah, she wasn't a chosen. Like if Charlotte was around today, instead, like if Charlotte season one was around today, instead of being an art dealer, would she have like a YouTube blog where she talks about like whatever oh, the fuck Abby Shapiro totally... talks about, like cooking and I stuff? I think that's a great, yeah, I think that's a great parallel to drop because yeah. she would be like be a mommy blogger or something like that. Yeah. Okay. All right, and um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so let's get to Samantha. We got to introduce these characters because we have an episode to talk about and try to <laughs> compare yes! them to Star. <laughs> we are going to compare them to Star Wars characters. Um, 
Okay. Yes. So Samantha, uh, Samantha Jones is a publicist. Samantha Jones, PR. Now, I don't know when she will. Yeah, well, she's been busy. Yeah, you have a shitty attitude, too. Oh, and FYI, your parties suck. Well, the bad news is you're fired. The good news is now I can fuck you. Um, mm-hmm. And she is very promiscuous, to put it lightly. She has a lot of sexual escapades. I looked on the U- on uh, Wikipedia for Sex in the City, and I believe it described her as satisfying all possible carnal desires. <laughs> um, so that's Samantha likes to fuck, but she's also very successful. But she likes to fuck, right? So yes, Samantha is probably the most independent um, and successful, and she will have sex with anybody. Uh, that has a pulse. <laughs> is it really that? Like, is Samantha have sex like every day of the week? Would you say is that implied? Yes, several times. Oh, they actually outright state it. Yeah, um, that she they, has to have like, sex like every day. Oh, I think it's more than once a day. Damn. D- and she also is. Um, I think that she only cares about two things, banging and looking hot. Banging and looking hot. Okay. All right. Uh, But she's pretty well off, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's one of those. She's a pretty successful publicist. Yes. She starts her own firm and then later on represents like a movie star. Who she dates and fucks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, curious. Like, is she usually have one partner at a time, or is she just like literally betting someone new every day? Um, I think when she's single, it's just anybody that's down to clown. Okay. Now, like, do they ever have like I don't remember. But I'm just curious. Do they ever have like an arc where she gets like uh, like chlamydia or anything? <laughs> does, does she ever catch a venereal disease throughout the run of the show? She thinks she has AIDS one time. <laughs> she thinks, but that they, but she never even like gets chlamydia. Uh, it doesn't. I don't. I don't think so. Oh man. This is this. We should look at the chlamydia rates in America before Sex in the City, and then like the year, like and then after, yeah, and see if it just skyrocketed (laughs) because Samantha Jones is just like the worst example of like how how to have a healthy sex life. (laughs) Just new people every single day, and just never getting tested, and not can't even get like the, the. just chlamydia. I'm not even like talking like, you know. <laughs> She's ground zero for smallpox. Yeah. Like, like patient zero. <laughs> like, hey, I'm, I'm very pox. sex positive. I'm very sex positive. <laughs> I say have sex, have fun, but, you know, get tested regularly, especially if you're sexually active. She's like just, you know, like I, I come off as conservative compared to her as, as far as my sex views. It's just like constant. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think that would be exhausting too. Just 
the like having to constantly be like aware of like who's around and who is you want to bang and who wants to bang you just that seems exhausting that'd be a lot of work i guess if it's the only thing that satisfies her like her you know makes her life feel worthy or worthwhile to her i guess maybe then i don't know i guess you know it's kind of like uh, water to her or something. It's just something she needs, so she doesn't even think about it on that <laughs> level. It's just like this innate, just built-in desire. Sex that... water. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know she needs it like she like uh, we would need water, you know? Eight glasses a day. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking nuts. So, Samantha, publicist, promiscuous, uh, but also probably like, I don't know, out of the four women, I find her to be like, the most relatable i don't know well, she just she would be a good hang she would be super fun she's never gonna be like shaming you for yeah. your escapades because she's probably been there done that like she was getting her butthole licked years before that was popular you know oh yeah she would be like i'm just saying shocked. you want to have a beer you want to have a beer you'd probably want to have a beer with samantha if you if you're gonna sit with one person like the other ones Charlotte would be very tough to connect with. Carrie, uh, she's, I don't know, it sounds like she's two different people, like public and private. And then, yeah, Samantha just seems like just kind of the easiest person to just vibe with for an hour, you know? Yeah, I would say Samantha or the next character we're going to talk about, yeah. Miranda, would be two people that I would be friends with. Yeah. Well, one final thing about Samantha, and if you grabbed a beer of Samantha, there's like a 99.9% chance she's going to have sex with you. Because <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, if she didn't have sex yet that day, you're just like, by default, even if she's not even into it, it's like, well, we have to have sex. So, yeah. I mean, so if, you're, if you're hard up, too. you know, if you're hard up and you haven't gotten laid in a while, just go out and have a drink with Samantha. Take your chances. Mm-hmm. Very exciting for everybody. <laughs> okay. The final character, Miranda uh-huh. Hobbs, who is a lawyer and is super career focused. Hey, I mean, look, he's out there for you somewhere. You just haven't met him yet, right? Maybe, maybe not. I, I, I don't know if I believe all that. Maybe there isn't someone for everyone. But she's, she's also, also probably the best like friend to everybody um at least in the show previously not the new series so we're yeah i mean they they did like a 20 years later and 10 years later and samantha isn't even in it for some reason no and miranda's an alcoholic for no reason it doesn't really explore that at all hmm all right well but yeah, she seems pretty normal. Um, I don't think she would be as fun a hang as Samantha, but she would be my second choice if I had to get a beer with somebody. Um, yeah, I think she would. She gives good advice. I think that she's objective most of the time. Carrie's a little self-centered, and uh, she rarely is able to talk with somebody else about what's going on in their life without bringing it back to herself, which would be really fucking annoying. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know. I should probably. I should have rewatched some Sex in the City. I'm just going off uh, whatever cursory knowledge I still have floating around in my brain. It's been a while, but yeah. but yeah. I mean, I do remember Carrie multiple times, and I can't reference anything specific, but multiple times just like got massive eye rolls from you know, just like I fucking hate her. Like, <laughs> I, there were yeah. just times where I, was like, I can't fucking stand her. 
Um, you probably aren't familiar with the show Girls that was on HBO. That's the Lena Dunham say, show? Yes. Yeah. Should we just um, be I would s- reviewing s- Lena oh, Dunham ahead. at this point? <laughs> yeah, I just came here to talk about Lena Dunham. Hell yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, I would say Carrie is most similar to Hannah. Carrie's just like a hotter version of Hannah. Is Hannah Lena Dunham? Yes. Okay. I have never watched. Is it a good show, girls? For me, uh, it was okay when it aired. It's kind of, it doesn't age well. Okay. Wasn't um, Adam Driver in that show? Yes. Okay. Star Wars connection there, right there. Because he played Kylo Ren. Yeah. Who's, Who's that? Well, the the new movies that came out, the sequel trilogy that came out in the last decade. Yeah, this is the bad the guy. episode we watched today was the first uh, piece of Star Wars media that I've ever watched. Okay. <laughs> okay. So do you know that Anakin, a.k.a. Hayden Christians, do you know that's Darth Vader? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So you know who Han Solo is? Harrison Ford? Oh, Yeah. Um, okay, so Adam Driver played his son in the sequel trilogy. Which one's son? Harrison's? Han Solo, yeah. Okay. He's a bad guy, though. He turned to the dark side. Well... And he's he's the grandson like... of Darth Vader as well, because the mother is Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia. Love Carrie Fisher. Yeah. So, anyways, but that, that's not here or there. That character is not in... Voyage of Temptation, but there are plenty of characters in Voyage of Temptation. So, I guess as this being your first piece of Star Wars media, just what's what's some general thoughts about Voyage of Temptation? I was entertained through the whole episode, even though I didn't know what was going on. Sometimes, um, I have a few notes on just the characters. Um, Obi Wan Kenobi was ha- is handsome. <laughs> um, Nice facial hair, very well groomed. Uh, is Princess Amapon supposed to be like Natalie Portman's character? Princess Amapon. Oh shoot! Yeah, I I can't read my handwriting because I also was high when I took notes. Princess Omnipon. Now, Voyage of Temptation. Omnicron. Princess what? Omnicron. Um, yes. Um, so Voyage of Temptation, Princess. Are you talking about the Duchess Satine? Uh, yes. Sorry. The yes. fancy lady in the episode? Yeah. No, that is not uh, Natalie Portman. Okay. Uh, okay. Duchess Satine is in the Clone Wars. She is not in the the films that came out that had Natalie Portman in it. Okay. Natalie oh, Portman plays the... uh, Padme Amidala. She is a senator from Naboo. Okay. I don't think she's in this episode. No, I think that there was a princess mentioned in like the recap at the beginning. So I think that's where I got confused. Okay. No, you're good. Um where okay, you were mentioning so you'd mentioned uh so you're talking about the Duchess there, Obi Wan. What were your notes on the Duchess or <laughs> Princess Omnibus She's... or whatever you called her? <laughs> um, she seemed kind of drunk throughout the episode. And then you see her drinking, like, martinis. Is is that supposed to be, like, her character is... Well, the thing like, with her character is... 
like the way she's portrayed, especially in this episode, and we're only going uh-huh. off this episode. Uh, in this episode, she is very much portrayed as like this kind of um, an elite ruling, you know, royalty, really, who's just, you know, um, it's probably just cosplaying how much they are anti-war. You know, like you never really trust that, yes. that they're as passionate about whatever they're saying because they're just like completely disconnected. Um, and that's if you just watch this episode, that is the vibe you get from her. But I could say yes. this, like all the other episodes and everything and just like the whole character development that you go with that character. Uh-huh. She's not that like she's actually is a pacifist and this and that and like but this episode alone, like it just feels very fake. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I kind of I had Duchess bitch question mark because <laughs> I was like, here she is, <laughs> here she is, just like drinking martinis while everybody's running around yeah. on her behalf. It was a little it's it's uh, entitled. It's very this episode itself really is very disconnected from her character as a whole. Um, yes, yeah, this is almost like uh, she's playing the part, possibly for these senators. So maybe maybe it's more of a role play for her to act like this in front of other dignitaries, you know, um, because wow, when she's alone with like Obi-Wan and stuff like she's very uh, uh, the Duchess has her horse riding gear. And whenever the horse riding gear comes out, I know she's going to get in some trouble and some action, you know. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Yeah. But this episode alone is just like, oh, she's just she's just fucking rude. I don't like her at yes. all. She's mean, you know. Yeah, and um, she wasn't being very nice to, like, I thought it was funny also. Anakin says a few times throughout the episode that there's, like, chemistry between them. But she was pretty much just, like, a stone-cold bitch to Obi-Wan Kenobi the entire time. And then yeah. he was just, like, pining after her. So I didn't see any In chemistry. this episode, it very much, it, it does have the vibe of uh, a guy who dated the girl of his dreams for two weeks in high school then got unceremoniously <laughs> dumped by her suddenly for like for somebody else uh in this case for yeah. like the throne of mandalore but like um and then like he's still pining over her and she knows it and she definitely like steps on that wound as often as she can <laughs> yes and she'll play up the pacifist thing thinking it plays to his uh perceptions of who she is or something yeah and she also does it to like spite him because like he's a jedi so he's like oh i'm going to you know i'm I'm a defender of the peace this and that and sometimes that requires violence um you know you you know you have to defend yourself and she plays it up like he is just a monster for daring to do that at times and it's like Okay, um, but then later in the episode, she completely contradicts it when she's just like, I will defend oh. myself. And it's like, oh, you've, you've been shitting on him for simply defending himself. Exactly. And also when she, should we get, to, should we get into it? Because like, I also didn't, the end of it was ridiculous to me. Yeah. She was going to kill, she was going to kill uh, him for trying to kill the senator that was trying to kill her. But instead, wouldn't, if she was a real pacifist, wouldn't she like, put herself between Obi and the senator, like she would be like a martyr. She'd be sacrificing herself rather than is like martyr, wanting is to martyrdom kill an innocent one of the, man. One of the tenets of true pacifism is martyrdom on the list. Yes. It is? Yes. Well, yes, I don't know. This absolutely. is, hey, Tress, you got to remember, we're in a galaxy far, far away here. Maybe they have slightly different views on what pacifism is. 
That's true. What do I know? I'm just coming in. I know. One no, you brought in. real analysis, and now I'm just being an asshole. Don't. <laughs> you are. <laughs> well, I was just. No, I'm just saying. I don't know. But yeah, no, it's it's the problem with watching this episode. It alone is just you can question so much about her but if you know the whole story of you're like okay yeah she's legit but like it's kind of this one alone is fucking wild um but yeah i guess we should just kind of get into it uh so should we yeah should we start by i guess we'll say the sex in the city character and then i'm going to tell you who i picked you're going to tell us who you picked and the reasons why Mm -hmm. does that sound good perfect do you want to start with a particular character i think we should start with um Maybe let's start with Miranda. We're going to start with we Miranda. Can... Okay, so Miranda Hobbs, yes. lawyer and career focused. Now, I picked um, Anakin Skywalker. Oh, really? Yeah, and I got two reasons why, <laughs> going uh-huh. only off this episode. Um, so uh, he's very matter of fact when he's like, mm-hmm. uh, he tells the Duchess, like, you know, we, we defend we sometimes have to use violence to defend life, this and that. And she's like, oh, what a, what a, what a, I can't remember what she said, but she just like kind of like laughs it off or whatever. So he's very matter of fact, but respectful at the same time. And I feel like Miranda is very matter of fact without getting out of hand. Right? Yeah, I like that. I think that's true. And the second reason though is like, and I can totally see this happening. Anakin, when they're doing their investigation and there's that protocol droid that's like looking at the manifest later in the episode. Yes. And Anakin starts getting like really pissed when the protocol droid doesn't have the information at hand. Uh Uh-huh. And just kind of like berating this working person, basically, you know? Yeah. Like I could totally see Miranda getting stressed and fucking like that's 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 Miranda going over her edge is yelling at a service worker like she's usually very polite but I could totally see her being the kind of person when they've had like the day to end all days just berating Mm -hmm. a service worker so that's why I picked Anakin absolutely that tracks who did you pick for Miranda I picked R2 (laughs) (laughs) yes R- I will spoiler uh, alert. I do have R two coming up as well. So why did R two and Miranda? Where's the connection here? I really respected that R two just kind of kept his head down and was all business this episode. He wasn't. Fuck yeah. <laughs> he wasn't like playing into like the love, like oh, uh, like all the kind of childishness that Anakin kept playing into throughout this episode. And one thing I did think was very Miranda of Anakin, though, was he had quite a few sarcastic lines, which I think that's a very Miranda move. Yeah, I do like the R2 pick, though. Just matter of fact, down to business. I got to do what I got to do, and I can do it all. Yeah. Yes, exactly. R2 fucking rocks. Okay, so (laughs) Anakin for me, for Miranda, and R2-D2 for you. That's very, (laughs) I like that a lot. Just just a well-put-together droid. Just, you know, nothing flashy, but gets the fucking job done. I like that. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Miranda's like the least flashy of the four women, too. Just very yeah, um, pantsuit gal, right? Yes, exactly. I love that pantsuit. 
Yeah. Pantsuit D2. Yes. She's <laughs> Pantsuit D2. I love her. It's great. I think her and R2 would be a fucking awesome tag team. They would be, they'd get so much shit done. Like so, and it doesn't oh, yes. matter. You could give them any task and they would fucking mm-hmm. nail it. I like that. <laughs> I kind of right, feel, now, now, now I'm, you're really selling me on Miranda. I kind of feel bad for choosing Anakin for her just because he yelled at that protocol droid. I think that was a fair and accurate read, though. Yeah. I just feel like she's the kind of woman that could lose it. And, like, somebody records it and, like, it's like white woman berates Dunkin' Donuts worker for getting her order wrong, you know? Like, and it's all over the place and she gets fired, you know? (laughs) I could totally see it. I could just see it. Um, Okay. Probably. So that's a couple good ones from Miranda. Who do you want to go to next? So we'll do the four main characters and then we'll have our bonus character. Yes. How about Charlotte? Charlotte. Okay. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? I want you to go first. Okay. Based off this episode alone, it's 100% the Duchess. Based off this episode alone. Just because of the prim and proper nature that she's really putting on here. You know, like... Yeah. The first scene the Duchess is in, she's sitting on like that fucking huge, uh, like a bean, not even, it's like a big bean bag, you know, (laughs) it's like a huge fucking. Just lounging, drinking martinis. Yes. Claiming to be higher than thou. I agree with you. Like, yes, she's in the middle of like a tangent about uh, being anti-war, this and that, and um, (laughs) she's literally on the galaxy's largest bean bag chair. I mean, it looks very comfortable. And they got the server droids that are hot in that room, which is hilarious. Yeah. Like yes. the, the sexy robots. <laughs> it's just felt very like Charlotte at one of her parents like gatherings at the Hamptons. So, yes. And like you're literally you literally have people like waiting on you hand and foot. And yeah. you're like crying around about how like unhappy you are with the violence in the world. Yeah, and you and you're just like your your biggest, you know, when you're talking, you're just like your biggest concern is like a minimum wage increase to $15 an hour <laughs> and you're paying all the servers around you just dick and you're not allowing them to be tipped. Like they get paid 10 bucks an hour to work at their fucking, you know, Hamptons fucking get together or some shit like that. Yeah, or you have interns because, and you don't pay them anything because the experience will give them opportunities or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of like, um, just you know, going like just pretzels when you're trying to explain your kind of like <laughs> motivations. Like, no, we don't, we don't pay them well because it's they get to meet some really interesting people, and it's all about who you know. Like, that's one of their fucking. That's how they justify like not paying the people dick. <laughs> you know. It should be an honor for you to serve me martinis. Yeah. And I will never forget it. Just remember that. I don't forget my friends. You know, like shit like that. Like, yes. oh, I'm going to put a good word for you <laughs> in for you in 25 years. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So who yes. did you pick for Charlotte? I also picked the Duchess. Okay. I thought that, that was a really good read. Yeah, I think that one's the most straightforward of the four in this particular episode. Yes. I mean... I don't really know how you could, I, I guess, and but just with like the, just the limited range that they give the Duchess in this episode, like, I don't know how you could pick anybody else for her. Like you just couldn't. Yes. I had a really hard time, um, trying to find positive things to say about her this episode. 
And so I just said Charlotte also because maybe she's naive, much like Charlotte. Possibly. Um, you know, I mean, Mandalore has been at peace for a while since that civil war that kind of almost like wiped out the place. So maybe, you know, like she's been at peace for 20 years and she's gotten a little, uh, you know, um, disconnected from the greater galaxy and some of the issues going on, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I think um, a true pacifist would not value such like the noble hierarchy. They wouldn't have servants. They probably wouldn't even want to be addressed as a duchess, you know? Yeah, that, that yeah. Yeah, I mean if we're talking straight up, you know, like a true pacifist. It's almost like they would resign themselves to like uh, you know, like living on like at a temple somewhere or something and just meditating yeah. all the time and like communing with nature. Yes, like more meaningful martyr dumb, yeah. I think, would be what I expect from a true pacifist. So She's, I just yeah. I thought she was a lot of talk. And not a lot of action. She's like the John Lennon pacifist. Like you say you're a pacifist. <laughs> but then like but on the weekends you do a ton of heroin and you might assault somebody. <laughs> like, you know, like... <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. This this episode definitely just as a one-off doesn't do her character justice because I think she is a really good character. Um, one, yeah. of the, one of the favorites in our reviews fair. that we did. So, yeah. But we can only go off this episode, so... It is what it is. Um, I look forward to seeing a better side of her. Yeah, we'll we'll pick another one. Um, I mean, did you watch the ones that sandwich it for a little context? Yes. But after you had watched this one the first time and did your notes. Um, exactly. Did she come off better after all three episodes? Um. Yeah, I thought she was much more dynamic. And you see her like... Um, kind of looking out for the Jedi's a little bit. And also you see some, like a few people have betrayed her. So she might also be um, starting to question her own values. Yeah. And so, yeah, I thought that it made her much more dynamic, having more context. Yeah. And I think of the three, this one is the one where she is, the least relatable by far. Go, girl. Give us nothing. I don't know what that means. Is that like a saying about uh, go girls? Are go girls a type of girl now? <laughs> um, just do nothing. Kind of just is there and exists. Okay. That's a go girl person. That's a go girl. Give us nothing. Is that from a song? Maybe. Is this a Denver thing? No, I <laughs> I immediately regret us saying that because now I'm I'm not really sure how to explain myself. Oh, okay. All right. Did you just do a <laughs> racism or anything? No, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Okay. Woof. Anyways, okay. Who do you want to do next? <laughs> um. Let's go ahead and do Carrie. Carrie? Carrie, okay. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. I thought um, Obi Wan was the Carrie of this episode. Yeah, I he's I mean he's definitely like a pick me. A pick? Oh no! What was a pick me again? 
Like, it is somebody that would um, change their views to okay, I remember now. appeal to somebody they like. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I think I think he's just a nice guy. <laughs> okay. Um, but you know, you're going off one episode. What do you get? You know, you you felt the pick me vibe from Obi Wan. It is what it is. You know. Mm-hmm. And he was like super quick. Like Anakin was in there, like killing those like spider things and actually doing a lot of the work. And then he was really quick though to like swoop in and tell uh, the Duchess how much he had been doing for her. What? (laughs) I just felt like, so he was like in there drinking martinis and having dinner with like the senators or the governors, whatever. And Obi and R2 were like out actually. Or Anakin and R2? Yes, Anakin. Who did I say? Obi. Oh, no. Anakin and R2 were actually like looking into the problem at hand and then it seemed like he was then wanted to like come in last minute and take credit for everything if it would make the duchess like him more (laughs) (laughs) all right if that was your read on the episode that's your read um I, i have a lot of context on it so that's why it's funny okay. to me because of just like everything that I know about the characters in questionnaire and Anakin coming up better than Obi-Wan is awesome. <laughs> 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 like, oh man. He does like I call Anakin just like the war criminal of Star Wars because he's just like Really? Oh, he's a monster. <laughs> a total monster. Oh, I really I based on this episode, I I thought I was impressed with him. I mean, he is dynamic in this episode. He's he's affable, mm-hmm. and then he does the funny thing at the end, which we can talk about here. And he has <laughs> a good relationship. Like he calls um, R two. He like has a nickname for little him. Buddy. Or something. Called him little buddy. Yeah, I thought that was like cute. I like. I enjoyed Anakin. Anakin was my Samantha. Oh really? Okay. Um, well, I'll do my carry, and then we can talk about Samantha. Um, Okay. So for Carrie, I picked R two D two because anytime R two D two is on the screen, no matter even if they're not trying to be, all eyes are on R two D two. Much like Carrie, that is a good. Because <laughs> you always got to see what R two is always like doing cool shit if you're not paying attention. So you got to watch R two. So even when like you know, I mean, and I, that, how does that relate to Carrie? Well, she's the star of the show. Like, it's her show. Mm-hmm. It's R2-D2 show, and other people just happen to have lines in it, as far as I'm concerned. Because <laughs> R2-D2 <laughs> is fucking awesome. When the little spider droids he are out, and he just, he's just shooting electricity everywhere. <laughs> yeah, like a little bug zapper. That was so cute. I loved it. So he does it all. Like, we were talking about uh, Miranda, how it's just like, roll up your sleeves and get to business, right? Um mm-hmm. I agree with your assessment that R2 is a Miranda type just because just uh-huh. getting shit done. But I just did it strictly because star of the show, just because that's why. Okay. So I think personality wise, <laughs> you're definitely on point with your R2 assessment. But just like okay. the fact that so fucking dynamic 
that it's just like you he, you'd have to be on all the promotional material <laughs> that's a good read i think r2 stole my heart so yeah. as far as as far as i'm concerned he could be the carry yes and definitely like the character that if they were to ever do just like a full-on spin-off series it would be r2 is like the easy choice Oh, yeah. yeah. I have so many questions, and I always want to know more about him. He's so unique. He's the coolest fucking character of all time. I love R2. Um, I, yeah. I also wrote likes to shop, and, like, R2, like, you saw a few of the gadgets, but, like, he's got so much shit going on that he can just, like, has all these oh, tools yeah. that he can pull out and shit. And so it's kind of like <laughs> Carrie. Like, she just likes to grab, buy shit. You know, like, and just max out credit yeah. cards. Like, R2 is R2 the max out. R2 loves his gear. Yeah, R2 is the geared up motherfucker <laughs> in Star Wars. So, that's why I went with that for Carrie. <laughs> I think that's a, I think that's accurate. All righty. <laughs> oh, man. I'm really happy. Now, Samantha. Yeah. I already said I think Anakin was the Samantha. He was pretty dynamic. He had, like, a few good one-liners, which I think Samantha is known for her one-liners. Do you have like and a favorite just, Samantha one-liner or is it just kind of like, that's just kind of her thing? That's her thing. There's not one uh, line I can think of that would be. She's, she's really got like just some like scathing phrase. ones. Has she ever like yes. shut down like guy who's got a bad dick just like with a scathing yeah. line? Oh, yeah. Like. Do you remember? So she had a few sort of relationships, though, right? I mean, there's the one guy that mm-hmm. she dated, uh, the actor guy, right? Are you going to talk about James, the guy that she dated, but he had a small penis, so she broke up with him? I was thinking about Raiden. Um, in Mortal Kombat Annihilation from, like, 1995, there was a guy who played Raiden, the Lord of Thunder, right? And he played like <laughs> a... Uh, but the guy who played him played Samantha's boy, one of her boyfriends, and, and I'm trying oh, really? to remember. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember which. I think it was like a rich dude. Um, fuck, I'm trying to remember what his name was. You see his dick, and it was like the only thing, like the out of all the like the imagery from that show that like just like I can just pull on command out of my brain. That dude's dick. It's <laughs> like the one thing. So I got to figure out what I got. I got to figure out what it was. Um, oh my god. <laughs> I got to figure out what is. I like how you watched it 10 years ago and you can still picture that man's dick in your head. <laughs> Richard Wright was his name in the show. Says later in season four, Samantha meets and fall in love with hotel magnet Richard Wright. So he's a hotel guy. Um, and I- Oh, yes, Richard. And he cheats on her. So she puts posters up around the um, his neighborhood. Saying that he's a like cheating bastard or something. All right, I'm gonna have to clear my internet search history, but I'm looking up Richard Wright penis. <laughs> I'm not. Oh God, the D. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's when he's about like. It's like the. It, he goes out on like they have like a pool. In like their big private suite or whatever, and they have sex, yeah. and then he goes out immediately after sex and just dives into the pool. And as he's diving into the pool, it's like night out, but like you can just kind of like see his dick. <laughs> and it just, I, I'll never forget seeing Raiden's dick. 
<laughs> I love how the whole scene is burned in your mind. I've watched the whole series several times and I didn't even remember that. It was my dad's birthday like last week, right? And like I had like the day before his birthday, I was like, it's his birthday day. And I was like, no, it's not his birthday day. And like it was literally like 10 minutes of back and forth between before I finally figured out like, oh, I can just look at my calendar. And I saw his twin brother was his birthday the next day, right? Uncle Dave, because my yeah. old Facebook's connected. My whatever. Uncle Dave's birthday is in my calendar. <laughs> And I was like, so it took me like 10 minutes to figure out if my dad's birthday was the 20th or the 21st, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But this, I can pull this on command. I just pull, I can pull Raiden's dick on command. So, and I think this is not the first time on the clone cast that I have mentioned seeing Raiden's dick. So, (laughs) Raiden got brought up in another episode, but... um, (laughs) So yeah. The return of Raiden's dick. Yeah. I'm complete. Okay, so Samantha. Um fuck, who did you pick again? That was so long ago. <laughs> I don't Anakin. Know. Anakin, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, we really got off course with the whole seeing Raiden's dick. Um, hey, what's there's no we about it. You went into detail. Well, I thought it was interesting. It's it's it is interesting. It's sex in the city. Um, you know tying it all in yes um okay did you want to add anything about annika <laughs> oh i just he had a few good one-liners that's where we he got liked... off track okay okay yeah the one-liners um and then he came in and saved the day i feel like that's a very samantha move yeah and let's talk about that um because we're not going to talk about Anakin much more but that actually legit made me laugh the first time i saw it they're having the showdown with the senator guy. He's threatening to blow up the ship. He's got the fucking detonator. <laughs> and all of a sudden, a lightsaber just comes through. And now, Jedi, like, they don't try to take life. Like, they could have killed this guy so many times. But, you know, uh-huh. the Jedi's thing is, you know, we, we only take life when absolutely necessary. And so, like, when you're going off of the Jedi code, like, the way Anakin, like, just sneaks up behind the guy and just ignites his lightsaber right through his chest <laughs> is very problematic. <laughs> like, it's like... Okay. Like, dude, he wasn't a threat to you in that moment. But Anakin, I like his justification. He's like, what? He was going to blow up the ship. Because <laughs> you can tell Obi-Wan is, like, slightly disappointed at him. Anyways, um, I like that. Yeah. Uh, I bender. read it kind of... Yes. Also, I've read that disappointment in Obi f- as being the, not being the one that saved the day. Oh! Not being, like, okay. Now I can kind of see why you're getting the picture of him that you did. Yeah. Because you didn't really know the context of like the Jedi code there. So you're like, oh, Obi-Wan is no. just Obi-Wan's pissed now because he's the simp and he didn't get to save the day. Yes. Okay. I see that. That I mean, if you're going off this episode alone, you had no real context. Like, I could see how you could get that vibe for sure now. I get it now. Who's your Samantha? Okay, Orn Frita. Does it right? Which one is that? Okay. So he's one of the senators. He's the big Twi'lek guy, like huge. Like, he's like 600 pounds. Oh, and he looks like a rabbit. Kind of, yeah. Like a blue rabbit. <laughs> yeah, and he's got like a very thick like French accent, right? Um, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, so that is my <laughs> Samantha. <laughs> and like... I get that, like just over the top, very dramatic. What? Much like an earlier character, how I picked Miranda for Anakin because affable, but then berates a service worker, just like two specific scenes. I picked Orn Frita for one specific reason. Not because I... Like if... 
as as like uh, you think he has sex a lot <laughs> well he does have like those two hot twilight women with him you know in that one scene they're just like hanging <laughs> off of him obviously so he fucks he, but that's not it like because i don't think he fucks like samantha fucks i think orin frita is probably a very lame in bed and like the women that have sex with him are not that into it you know it's just like this they're like okay. this is terrible this is orin frita so no it's not a sexual thing because i can guarantee you like out of all the sex in the city ladies if i if i could have sex with one it would be samantha for sure absolutely right uh-huh I would not, out of and all the people have... in this episode, Orn Frita would be the last person I'd have sex with, okay? <laughs> I'm not understanding why he's your Samantha. All right. Here it is. This is my one connection. If you'll notice in this episode, motherfucker's always carrying around a drumstick. He always has, you know, he's got the drumsticks, the Nuna, they call them like Nuna legs or whatever. The Nuna chicken. <laughs> you know what I'm talking okay. about? Okay. If you look him up yeah. in this episode, he's got a fucking drumstick in his hand and he's just housing them like just left and right cannot stop so he is like super fucking promiscuous with his food like he is those carnal desires the carnal desires so like samantha her carnal desire is sex she wants sex all the time orn frita just has this carnal raging burning to just be eating constantly just never stop eating. Fill me up. Yes. yes. So it's the fill me up phenomenon. <laughs> they share the fill me up phenomenon. She wants to get fucked. He wants to fucking eat. That's why I think he's like that. And like I remember then when I was looking at just kind of like an overview of Samantha's character. I was like, oh, yeah, she was she was in a lesbian relationship, too. She's bi. She's the only bi one. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, as much as Orn Frita loves fucking Nuna legs. I guarantee you every now and then he just like goes all out hog wild for like some hot dogs or something. You know, like he just goes to town. So like he has dipped his toes in other pools. You know? Yes. That's my connection. All right. That literally is it though. It's just like he loves food like she loves sex. So. Okay. Trying to fill a hole. Yeah. Trying to fill some sort of void, you know? Uh, also very funny though like not samantha at all but very funny in the episode when the little robots pop out in the dining room and he's like freaking out and he's like running away scared as hell that was funny (laughs) yeah i was like very entertained by him he's very terrified of the little robots um okay (laughs) bonus character time so for bonus character um we were just going to pick one character from Sex in the City and compare it to a character in this episode. So, uh, who did you pick for your bonus character? Stamford, who's the gay best friend and very bitchy. I missed my prom in high school because... You were gay. No. My girlfriend and I broke up the night before because... You were gay. No, I wasn't gay until... You were born? Never mind. Goodbye, Charlotte. Okay, and who is the who's the parallel character in the Star Wars universe here for you? <laughs> uh, the governor that threatened to blow up the ship okay. and was just acting a fool the whole time. Okay, um, so Tall Merrick, the Senator Tall Merrick? Yes. Yes. Okay. Tall Merrick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like unassuming, but turns out to be an absolute fucking monster, right? Yes. And like even the way he said something, I wrote it down. 
um he just was like taunting the duchess in like a very uh gay way (laughs) (laughs) oh i shouldn't say that um in a very it just seemed like very bitchy and that was something stanford was always bitchy and kind of mousy and would like talk shit behind people's back and i feel like if that's very much tall merrick yeah and like the thing with stanford from what i remember is like He's like that bad stereotype of gay guys where they're bitchy and like just kind of like yes. eye rolling like. But also passive aggressive. Yeah. And it's like. Yes. You know. no, they're not, But that was like the 90s stereotype of a gay guy. And. Absolutely. Tall Merrick's kind of bitchy. So, I mean, you know, I mean, it's not. Be- we're not saying that that's a correct stereotype. Obviously not. Like, I know lots of gay people. No, you know, and it's not a gay stereotype. It's just I think that um, Tall Merrick was being like bitchy, like Stanford would be a lot of the time in Sex and the City. Yeah, and like the vibe I got from Stanford, I was like, okay, he's friendly, he's cool with Carrie, he's a good friend, but he's very bitchy, and I feel like there's like this hidden dark side to him that we never truly see. Oh yeah, the velvet rage of it all. Yeah, and I I was getting velvet rage vibes from tall merrick what's velvet rage look it up i'm not explaining it oh my god why do you keep introducing these like concepts that are just beyond me (laughs) like what was the (laughs) other one go girls go girl go girl give us nothing yeah the girl the girls that give you nothing the go girl that gives you nothing. (laughs) the velvet rage the velvet rage overcoming the pain of growing up gay in a straight man's world is an influential 2005 book by Alan Downs, a clinical psychologist. Okay. Um, okay, so did you read that book or something? Yes. Okay. Do, a long time ago. Should we break it down? or? But it's also, uh, we can't, we don't have time here. Basically, just the in, internalized hatred that gay men experience because they're closeted. Okay. I can see that. I'm- and... Tall Merrick hates himself, obviously. He does hate himself. Like, he's he's been living a lie, and now he's gone full bore, and it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. And he's... I He totally was lying when he said that he was going to blow up the ship. Because <laughs> he was going to die, too. What does that accomplish? <laughs> was he being dramatic? Do you think? Was it just all being dramatic? Yes. He probably was, like, mad at the Duchess because she didn't invite him to happy hour. And now he's like, I'm going to kill you and myself because you didn't invite me to happy hour. So this is, like, some real housewife stuff on, like, absolute steroids, right? (laughs) Tall Merrick would be a real housewife (laughs) in a half. This is just somebody who really wants attention, right? And so they go. Yes. They do this, like, super dramatic thing and, like... You know, they've probably they're probably like they've sort of lost it to the point where they're they don't realize that they're going to be arrested and serve like five years at least, you know, but they really just need some like yeah. they really just need some like intense psych- psychotherapy. But like, you know, the Paul Merrick has BPD. Yes. And like the thing is, like, I, he's not thinking about the consequences. He just wants someone to hear him for once. Like, I'm sick of yeah. standing here and no one's fucking hearing me right that's tall merrick and it's kind of like stanford because sometimes stanford's just pushed aside and i'm telling you he's gonna snap like stanford's gonna lose it one of these times oh absolutely 
Carrie is his best friend and she won't eat, like and she ignores him constantly and ditches him for these guys. And I'm sure the Duchess ditches Tall Merrick all the time yes. to go hang out with hot Jedi's. <laughs> and Tall Merrick is gonna lose it. Yeah. Tall Merrick <laughs> is losing it because he just needs to be seen. Just once. Just needs to be seen. <laughs> and the funny thing is though, when he puts his you know, Clearly, he's losing it, but when he finally like puts himself up, like I'm going to take, I'm going to be seen. I'm going to make them see me. He ends up getting stabbed mm-hmm. through the back unceremoniously, completely not expecting it at all, <laughs> and it's just over, <laughs> just blipped from existence. I also think that Anakin's the perfect Samantha for this episode because Samantha's the only person that can deal with like a bitchy passive aggressive person like tall Merrick or Stanford. Yeah. Like just nip it in the bud right away. Couldn't you see Stanford like (laughs) about to like just being like completely ignored an entire night and like people are just not giving him the time of the day. And then when they're all leaving the bar, like Stanford, they come to like a crosswalk and Stanford is just like, I had a suicide vest on. (laughs) Yeah. Or, just the fact that he's putting himself out there finally, like, he steps in front of him and he's like, listen up. And then a bus just creams him, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's like the tall Merrick death. Like, he's starting to scream and then he just gets it right mm-hmm. through the back. I think the worst thing about tall Merrick is, as well, like, he wants to take everybody down with him, much like Stanford would want to do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That is a fucking great connection. I dig it. I like it. That's the best one we've had all episode. Well, maybe R2 and just getting shit done with Miranda. You know, just being an effective team. Um, Okay, my bonus character. um, I picked my favorite boyfriend of Carrie's, Aiden Shaw. Oh, shut up. It's Roberto Cavalli. I threw it away and I love it. What more do you want? Shut up. Shut up. Yes. Shut up. Shut up. You're telling me to shut up. Please, just shut up. I am so sick of hearing you talking, talking, talking all the time. Don't you ever just shut up. I'm going to take a walk. Oh. Now, Aiden is a furniture designer guy, and he's just like Mm -hmm. an affable, nice person. He's not like overbearing, like a comedian, like has to be center of attention. He's very reserved, and he's a very trustworthy and honest person, right? Mm-hmm. So I pick. He's kind of like a hippie, free spirit type. Yeah. Reliable. Yes. Just a really overall nice guy. Um, so Golden retriever vibes. Yes. He is the golden retriever of Carrie Boyfriends. Um, mm-hmm. I picked Obi-Wan. Um, okay. I know you got the vibes from just kind of like... Because you didn't know the context, but like Obi Wan as a whole for me, like I, he's just a very wholesome. He's a good friend, and he cares about other people, and he always does the right thing. So um, that's why I picked Aiden for Obi Wan. Um, I couldn't my my knowledge of Obi Wan is far too vast for me to ever look at him in, in you know uh, through the lens of one episode. I just I can't. Um, that makes sense. But if you know what I know about Obi-Wan and you just isolate it to this episode, it's a total Aiden vibe. Like how he's just like putting up with her uh, being just rude mm-hmm. to him because he's just a nice guy and he just does. He'd rather not have conflict if he didn't have to. Yes. And he's just trying to make the woman he loves happy. Yeah. 
and and you know it they're in a rough patch right now but he's trying to mm-hmm. be a uh, you know, what is acting down and sullen going to do when you can just be good natured and hopefully uh, you get the favor returned to you in kind? Yes, yeah. I agree with that. I like that. Yeah. Also, I bet Obi-Wan makes badass furniture. Like I could see Obi-Wan being a really oh. cool furniture designer, like the Kenobi collection. That would be an awesome name to see at like yes. at like Macy's. You know, like, oh, we got these, we got these, we got this armoire from the Kenobi collection just came in. Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, designed it himself. He looks like a woodworker. Yeah, he could whittle. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my bonus character. Um, I think it's good. I like that. I like this. This was a fun little experiment. I think it worked. Yeah. Now, the, um, the question would be, do we want to do Sex in the City again, or do we want to... We had talked about maybe doing a different show for another episode, you know? Like, just go through popular shows and then compare them mm-hmm. directly to a Clone Wars episode. Let's leave it up to your followers, your listeners. Yeah, listeners, let us know. Do if you they wanna, have any suggestions. Yeah. Did you like the Sex in the City, or the next one we do, should we try a different show? And if you want us to do a different show, just uh, clonecastpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can join the Discord. Reach out to me on Twitter for a Discord link. Um, and uh, I don't know. You could just drop like a suggestion of some kind. Like, hey, do this show. You know, do Seinfeld. Do something. Mm-hmm. We could always do that. So it doesn't have to be Sex and City. Oh. But if you want Curb more, Your Enthusiasm would be a fun one. Curb would be good. Um, like any popular show, really. I mean, we could even do like, uh, yeah. you do like Breaking Bad. <laughs> that's Ooh, yeah. that would be fun that's the that's the good <laughs> stuff right um is breaking bad still mm-hmm. popular no well, i mean i think it's I th- but it's, game of thrones is back yeah house of the dragon um i think breaking bad will forever be popular in the sense that it it's it will always be relevant to bring it up it's 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 like it's entered i don't know what i'm talking meth is always relevant yeah getting high <laughs> um <laughs> What uh but yeah, no, so just reach out to us. Let us know if you want us to do more sex in the city or if maybe we uh do a different show. I'm cool with whatever. Um so any Yay. any final thoughts, Tressa, about your first Star Wars experience? I'm really excited to keep watching. I enjoyed this episode and the episode before it and after it. I would like to get to know Obi more and the Duchess because um, you said that my readings were kind of unfair, so I'd like to see what you see in them. Oh, I mean, it is, you know, I wouldn't say they're unfair. I think they're completely uh, with the context that you have. Like I totally that one comparison you did with Kenobi, where he sighed when Anakin saved the day, is like totally like opened <laughs> my eyes to how you viewed this entire episode. I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I get it. He's coming off as simp guy trying to impress the gal, you know, like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like he's more concerned about, about be impressing somebody than the ship blowing up. <laughs> yes. Oh, exactly. He's just like playing this game, tipping his fedora, like just. Oh no. Do- <laughs> Kenobi gave you milady vibes. Absolutely. Oh no. 
Oh man, this is awesome. Just watch. This was the best first episode we could have done because it is like, there's literally a movie where Anakin walks around with Natalie Portman's character and says Milady like 20 times. No! <laughs> yes! I'm sorry, Milady. <laughs> he said, well, not 20, probably five Miladies, but he does do a Milady fest, like a lot of Miladies. So that's great. It's like Obi-Wan is just like the anti-Milady. <laughs> You, you've ruined Anakin for me. By you know what me we that. should do next. You know what we should do next for the next episode. I swear, and and we yeah. we can compare it to Sex in the City or whatever the suggestions. But the next episode that we should do is the movie Attack of the Clones, Star Wars Episode Two, released in two thousand two. What do you think? I'm down. Okay, it it is going to flip your notions upside down. <laughs> this is exciting okay and i will say now this is gonna be like you watch the you watch the sandwich of episodes here so that's like all the star wars you've ever had is these three episodes and we focus specifically yes. on voyage of temptation right yes. okay awesome because um yeah this totally different vibes um obi-wan is a fancy lad i will say that but totally different vibes you're gonna have and when you hear anakin say milady and also commit his war crimes. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. It'll be great. Okay. Um, I'm super excited. So I will say this, though. Attack of the Clones, out of all the Star Wars movies, including like spinoffs like Rogue One and Solo, is my least mm-hmm. favorite Star Wars movie. I think it's the worst okay. Star Wars movie. I like it because it's Star Wars. But if it wasn't Star Wars, I don't think I would like it, basically. <laughs> It's my least favorite. Does it give context to other movies that you like more? Uh, I do like the predecessor to it more. Um, so this is part okay. of the prequel trilogy. So, you know, they had the original trilogy, which was actually in like chapter wise was chapters four to six. But, you know, okay. George Lucas just, you know, he had this whole storyline set up. But I'd, I'd have to look up why. But they he started with four and then it was a success and led to five and six. So that's the originals, right? With Darth Vader and uh-huh. all that released in 77 to 83. Then there was the prequel trilogy, which is like when we were like teenagers, basically like, you know, mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Um, it uh, That started coming out then. That was like Jar Jar Binks, if you know that character. <laughs> Uh, yes. He's like the weird, like, lizard He also dude. looks like a rabbit. Yeah, he's got the rabbit yeah, he ears. Yeah, kind of looks like yeah. a... Yeah. Okay. And then, so that was episodes one through three. So that's, like, how he became Darth Vader, right? Um, okay, yeah. And then the ones that came out in the last decade are uh, seven through nine, which follows the original trilogy, basically. So it's the sequel trilogy is what they call it. Okay. Yeah. So those came out well, after it was bought by Disney. So, is it better or worse after Disney bought it? You're getting more content, that's for sure. But there's a lot of uh, okay. original fans, you know, people that are like 55 now that really have real issues with it, you know, and just complain loudly online, mostly because they had to, you know, see a black person on screen or something, you know, just <laughs> the oh, worst people. So like, yeah. It's not, it's like people are upset because it's more diverse. Yeah. They, you know, I mean, one of the big complaints, it's woke now, basically, you know, Star oh, Wars Jesus. is, Star Wars is woke now. And it's like, 
it's a make-believe world i know you can't. It's, it's fucking absurd like it, anyways but that's a whole nother thing maybe we can do an episode where we dive into certain uh woke uh opponent star wars commentators some of these crazy fucks yes and we could watch some of their youtube videos and then review them that would be fun as well compare them to sex in the city yeah. characters <laughs> i already know who samantha the would be samantha would totally um no not samantha um charlotte charlotte would totally be a guy that goes by Doomcock. his name is Doomcock. What? Yeah, and he what? wears like a he wears like this mask to look like MF Doom, so he covers his face and he talks about how woke Star Wars is and how like it's it's obs- yeah, look him up on YouTube, Doomcock. It's hilarious. He doesn't even have his own okay. voice. He wears Okay, so get this. This guy, he puts a mask on, right? Like an MF Doom mask. He turns the <laughs> lights down, right? And then he stands in front of the screen and like talks and like there's internal strife at Disney. It looks like things aren't going, you know, and shit like that. And he like lowers his voice and stuff with an audio recording, right? So he actually goes in and post and like records himself on a microphone talking over the video of him just like doing hand motions and stuff. And then he turns his voice down like 10 octaves. So he's just like, you know, it's just like super deep. It's absurd. My hot take is Doomcock is probably Tall Malik. <laughs> yes, he's total. <laughs> just just wants to be seen. Just got to get yourself out there. Yeah, yeah. It any means necessary. Probably was a nice chap at one point in time. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um. Yeah, but that is something we could also look into. Anyways, I'm like, okay. did you know I've been smoking this entire time on and off? Uh, I'm so, I did not know that. I am so fucking high. This is not good. Like I am so high. I should probably just keep talking because then I don't think about how high I am. This is not good. Okay, I'm. I have to get ready. I'm going to uh, John Mulaney. Oh, it's it's Mulaney show. night. Yes, it's Mulaney night here in Colorado. Is everybody in Colorado talking about Mulaney? <laughs> yes. And Olivia Munn. Is Olivia Munn with him? Does she come out and they show the yes. baby bump? <laughs> yeah, that's his entire set. Wasn't he married? Yeah, that's like the drama. He cheated on his wife, allegedly, with Olivia Munn. And she announced she was pregnant like six months after their divorce. Oh. So he was right in there. huh? He wasn't. Uh, he was- mm-hmm. Oh man! Now Olivia Munn, Olivia Munn, total. That's a see me type person too. Pick me. Pick me. Yeah, Olivia Munn. Yes. I feel like yeah, Olivia Munn. I don't know the connection I was gonna make. I was gonna try to make an Olivia Munn Stanford connection, but I don't think I got it in me. <laughs> Just forget that I even <laughs> brought it up. Okay, so I think Olivia Munn would be a carry. A carry. Like pick me, girl. Okay, yeah. I mean, she does seem kind of pick me. Like, she dated Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah. why? That's weird. You know, like, like he's got to have mm-hmm. some weird views. He's an interesting character. Um, so, yeah, she probably goes with the flow. <laughs> I don't know. I really thought I had a Stanford Munn connection, but I'm just smoked out. So, I guess not. So, Mulaney Night All in right. Colorado. Everybody's talking about it. All right, Tressa. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll do one of these. I don't know what the release dates are going to be on these, but uh, we'll you know we'll talk to, after this. We'll discuss which one we're going to do next. So, 
Send us suggestions to clonecastpod at gmail.com. Thanks for joining me, Teresa. This was very fun. Thank you for having me. All right. Hopefully your listeners don't hate my takes too much. No, I think uh, I think I think they'll enjoy this very much. All right, Clone Casanovas, we will see you later. Did you ever hear the tragedy of Crispin's day?